Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Oilers have a shorthanded breakaway. Zach Hyman for the lead. Shoots and scores. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, left circle. Cross ice, one-timer score. This game is tied. Leon Dreisaitl. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta Injury Lawyers. The heavy hitters of injury law. Oh, it's Friday night. Have an extra spoonful of mac and cheese. You got to treat yourself every once in a while. Here's what's going on in the NHL. Early second period. Predators leading the Capitals 2-1. Panthers and Red Wings in a 1-1 tie. Lightning and Jets about to face off in Winnipeg. Three games coming up later, including the Flames home to the Islanders. It is Calgary, Edmonton, Colorado, all very close in the standings. The Oilers able to beat the Islanders last night, and they will host the Avalanche tomorrow at Rogers Place, 6.30 for the face-off show, and the game will start at 8. Important win for the Oilers last night. Finally winning at home. My goodness. They'd gone 0-4-1 in their previous five at Rogers Place. Pretty solid game by Edmonton last night. So the wild card chase right now, two ways to look at it. If you look at it by points, it's good for the Oilers. They're the first wild card team, 44 points. Calgary has 43. Colorado and St. Louis, 41 points. If you go by points percentage, it flips around a little bit, but it's very close. Colorado, 554. First wildcard spot, Calgary 551, and then the Oilers out of the playoffs at 550, St. Louis uh, a little further back at 526. So the stakes are high tomorrow night. The Avalanche have lost three straight, not playing great. Connor McGahee, their play-by-play voice, is going to join us a little bit later on. Also, I got the Raptors on the flat screen here at 630, Ched. The New York Knickerbockers leading the Raptors 32-26 there, 40 seconds into the second quarter. We'll keep you updated on that game as well. And the Edmonton Oil Kings get going in an hour at Rogers Place. They're taking on Medicine Hat tonight. What a moment for the former Edmonton Oil King last night. Dylan Gunther, two goals in the World Junior Gold Medal game. Great one-timer on the power play. And then, of course, the winner in three-on-three overtime. So he scores, well, one of the biggest goals in uh, Canadian World Junior history. If it's an overtime winner to uh, get you the gold, I think we can say it's that big. Pretty cool moment for uh, Dylan Gunther. Now he goes back to the Arizona Coyotes. So a quick update there. The Oilers did not practice today. However, head coach Jay Woodcroft was on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. We will get to some select cuts from that interview as we move along tonight. And uh, one of our regular guests, Luke Gazdick is going to check in in about nine or ten minutes as well for his bi-weekly 
appearance here on the show. Hey, my name's Reed. Hope you're doing well. If you want to get in touch, 780-496-0063. If you're using the good old-fashioned telephone, it is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You can follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D. W-I-L-K-I-N-S, and you can email the program, InsideSports at 630Ched.com. I always find it heartwarming to get a good old-fashioned email, but I don't get a lot of them. Kellen Kennedy is working the uh, control room tonight. Kellen, how are you doing? Doing great. Happy New Year to everybody. Well, you were off work for a long time, I, like I, a, a frighteningly <laughs> long time. I'm not sure how someone with your lack of seniority gets that amount of time off. I mean, it was 2022 when I left, and then all of a sudden it's 2023 now, so it must have been a while. You must have saved all your holidays for the year, for the end of the year. Uh, that was inadvertent, but yes. <laughs> now, are you at liberty to disclose anything you did with your time off? Uh, a lot of just hanging out with family and friends. That's pretty much it. Just caught up with a lot of people over the past couple of weeks. Two hobbies I know that you have, mm-hmm. which is, trust me, that's more than I know about most of my colleagues because I'm, I'm a bit of a loner here at work. <laughs> As you, you do keep to yourself. I, I don't yes. take a lot of interest in others. <laughs> and exactly the guy people go to for warmth. Uh, you are into drag racing, yes, and professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. With your holidays or your Christmas include either of those? Uh, yeah, on the content creation side for both, uh, I do have a couple of uh, YouTube channels devoted to each. So I've uh, been creating content for both of those. So. All right. Well, a sign of things to come, I suppose. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Putting the groundwork in, right? <laughs> That's, uh, all right. Yeah, Kellen and I, we're going to do Name the Animal later on tonight. We haven't done oh, we that, will. that in a while. So Kellen has, I believe he has the animal ready to go. That's, that, that is later on. So I'll, I'll tell you what. The, uh, the Oilers got the win last night. Outstanding first period for a team that I have often criticized for how poorly they start games. Not the case last night. Just came flying out of the gates. They were good. The Islanders were not. 18 shots in the first period. Two goals, one on the power play, one shorthanded. Probably the score flattered the Islanders. Sorokin was once again pretty sturdy in net. But, yeah, a couple shaky moments in the second period. But uh, I thought overall a very good game for the Edmonton Oilers. And, And they switched it up a little bit. Of course, they went with 11 forwards and seven defensemen, a formula that has worked for Jay Woodcroft since he came up about 11 months ago. His, his first game was uh, last February against the New York Islanders. That was a 3-1 win that night. Um, so that worked, and, and, he, and he moved some of the forwards around. And a guy that we've been talking about a lot, and we keep talking about him because he keeps making an impact. So, you know, I think he's, uh, he's deserving the verbiage that he gets. And that is Clem Costin. He played with Connor McDavid. You know, he doesn't play on special teams. I know we. I guess he got a power play look there against the Jets a few games ago. But doesn't play on special teams. But has been pretty solid five on five uh, for the most part. Went up and played with McDavid yesterday. Now, yes, he didn't get a point, but he was involved in some plays. He goes to the front of the net. He continued to play physical. He made himself available for shots. Rob Brown pointed out last night on overtime open line, there was a play in which he was trying to set up shop in front of the net and screen the goalie and be a bit of a nuisance. And McDavid got the puck in the corner and Costin faded back a little bit into a quieter area of the ice and got a one-timer away. So he has some offensive recognition, which I think is important. 
but he didn't change his game. He, he didn't go out there and think, well, I'm with McDavid, so I'm going to try to play like McDavid. He played like Clem Costin. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily see him as a first-line player, but maybe a little bit of versatility that he could go up there if needed. And coaches are always getting information on players. And, you know, there's always line shuffling. And maybe at some point they're going to shake things up and, and maybe Costin goes up there again. Um, and I talked to somebody last night who saw Costin play in Russia uh, several times. And and this person said to me he was he was not surprised to see Costin making an impact. And he said he wasn't surprised to see Costin have a pretty effective game on McDavid's line. This person said to me, Costin actually thinks the game pretty well. He has good offensive instincts. His hands aren't bad. He will be able to finish a few plays. And he plays like a jerk. That's not the word this person used. You can probably uh, take a guess or two of what he might have said, but he said he plays, he plays like a jerk, and, and he goes out there and he's physical, and he was able to do that last night. He, and this person said to me, probably the knock on Costin is his skating. Um, you know, fair enough. I don't think that's been a huge detriment during his time with the Oilers, but he, he's not a burner by any means. But this is an intriguing player because he has been able to do some things that other players haven't been able to do in terms of expectations of scoring a little bit maybe not a ton but a little bit but he does have five goals and at least being that phrase we use a lot something the Oilers have been looking for for years somebody who is hard to play against somebody you notice even if they don't hit the score sheet because he hits he might take hits but but he'll hit back and he's able to get involved Jay Woodcroft on Oilers now earlier today talking about Costin you know, he came into the organization. The coaches up here, we watched video, but we didn't, we didn't have a opinion on Clem, or um, you know, uh, you know, we hadn't watched him for a ton of time or knew his ins and outs. We, uh, you know, so we followed him a little bit as he was in Bakersfield. Obviously, when Kane and Yamamoto went down in the Tampa Bay game, uh, he came up with Yan Mark. He's somebody uh, that has worked his way steadily up the lineup by doing good things, stacking good good games on top of good games, and I think it's a it's a great example of someone taking advantage of opportunity. Um, you know, he still has a hiccup every once in a while, um, but I think he what's great about him is he's a fantastic teammate. He's somebody who sticks up for teammates. He's big and physical, and he has a dimension in his size um, that right now we don't have a lot of up front. Uh, so I think, um, you know, I'm good on him because he's making the most of his opportunity. I'm real happy for him. Well, yeah, making the most of his opportunity, I think, is a good way to put it. We'll see if it keeps going, but it has been going for uh, going for him for a considerable stretch of the season. I mean, this isn't a good couple of games or a good five games. Most nights, Clem Costin does something that you notice, and the type of bigger, more physical, a little bit nasty player that uh, the Oilers have been lacking for a while. Again, the Oilers didn't practice today, so not sure if they're going to go with the same lineup. Not sure if they're going to go with 11 forwards and 7D again. Quite frankly, they didn't really go with 7D last night because Marcus Niemelainen only played three minutes. So, I mean, I don't even know what you call that. They had, they had like six and a quarter defensemen dressed, if you look at how they divided up the ice time. But there, there is a certain 
flow to it that seems to help the Oilers. And we, one thing I've noticed about Woodcroft, and of course we've talked about this before, he doesn't always just double shift McDavid or Dreisaitl with, with the fourth line or the two leftover forwards. I mean, in the past he's put Hyman out there. Sometimes McLeod gets extra shifts. Um, Nugent Hopkins, it, it could be anybody. So now McDavid wound up playing quite a bit last night, played 24 minutes. I know some of you have concerns about those minutes getting high and, and, and you know, those guys being overused and getting worn down and things like that. We'll see how it goes. But the 11-7 and 7 formula worked for the Oilers last night, even though it wasn't perhaps a, uh, a true 11-7 and 7 when you look at how the ice time was divided up. Uh, we're A little bit later on, we're going to hear a little bit from Melissa Smith. She is the mother of Elks kick returner Christian Salisbury, who was tragically killed a couple of weeks ago. Melissa will be Morley's special guest on the Elks this week tomorrow at 9.30 here on 6.30, Chad, and we will have a couple cuts from that interview as we move along. We will have a wide-ranging conversation with former Oiler, now broadcaster Luke Gazdick when we bring you back to Inside Sports. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. He joins us every couple of weeks here on the show. He is presented by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. Former Edmonton Oiler, now working with Sportsnet, it is Luke Gazdick. Luke, how are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you, buddy? I'm doing okay. Happy New Year, your first appearance of 2023. How was New Year's Eve? Uh, happy New Year to you too, man. Uh, it was pretty quiet for me. Uh, my my brother was in town from Calgary with his wife and kids, so uh, I didn't go out or anything. I was asleep by twelve oh three, so <laughs> stayed up for the ball drop and, uh, and and went to bed. I'm getting old. I was uh, getting in my car after the game against the Jets at midnight, and I had this kind of strange obstructed view of fireworks taking part about three blocks apart because there was the Ice District Plaza fireworks and there was the Churchill Square fireworks. Yeah, I was going to ask you where they were there. <laughs> I, I felt like they were over near those greenhouses one year, but Ice District sound makes sense to have a nice show there. There was after the Brett Kissel concert, and and then, of course, right, the, 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 yeah. the city had the ones right in front of Churchill Square. So I thought it was kind of funny. The the, the fireworks were like three blocks apart, and I, yeah, I mean, there were sort stuff. of buildings in the way, but I, I could see both of them. Uh, Brett Kissel, did you ever get to meet him? Yeah, I was just going to say, Kiss is one of my buddies. Um, I met him in Edmonton. Uh, you know, I think he had sang an anthem or at some point, too, and I was scratched that game, and we had a, we had a good chat, and then uh, just got to be friends, man. He's come to Toronto a couple times, and I've been, you know, backstage with him and hanging out, and uh, I was at Jordan Everly's wedding where he actually played, so he... Uh, the, the band played a little a little uh, music there. Ebbs got up, uh, up on stage and actually played guitar for their bands uh, while at his wedding, so it's pretty cool. Oh, Everly plays, does he? Yeah, Ebbs plays. So when I was there, uh, probably 2013, Ebbs like, pretty much picked up the guitar, and that was kind of one of the running jokes was like, not I love Ebbs, but he wasn't very he wasn't very good and couldn't sing for for shit, right? Sorry, or excuse my language, uh, but he uh, he would pull it out all the time. We'd be like having people over, and we'd just be like, Ebbs, put the stop. We don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, he st- he stayed with it. So okay, so Brett Kissel, I he came on the Face Off show with me before the game on New Year's Eve, and I'm lucky enough. I probably get to interview him 
maybe once a season, maybe every second season, because he might do the anthem or he might be at a game. So he's he's excellent to talk to. And he got a great reaction in Studio 99. Like tons of people wanted pictures. People clapped when the interview was done. And it wasn't because of the quality of my questions, that's for sure. So, I mean, he's he's like a star. Well, you guys play in the NHL. Like, do you get, is that who you get nervous to meet? Like if you met a musician or an actor or an actress that, that you like, because people get nervous to meet you guys. Who do you guys get nervous to meet? I mean, I was, you know, you ask other guys about this. I bet you they'd say, they'd say me. Cause I did get starstruck like crazy by like actors and musicians. Cause I, I'm a huge music guy and getting to play there. Like everyone that comes through, uh, whether it was Rexall or now it's Rogers, like you pretty much get to meet them. They're like, they're all their backs. Unless it's like someone huge, like, like Beyonce or someone like that. But like, I got to meet Keith Urban and Kip Moore and Dallas Smith and, um, you know, all these bands. And it was just so cool. I like, I, I definitely get starstruck by those guys, but the, funny thing is man like i remember i think it was like chad kroger we we're having a talk with like these guys all want to be hockey players and all the hockey players want to be musicians right so it's like everyone has kind of a mutual respect but you want to change roles a little bit yeah that's true though right you always think what if i would have done that right what if i just would have taken those music lessons or something like that i know well i was actually in i was in a band in high school so for like three three four years i was in a band we would play we played all over toronto like our last this wasn't like just we we were called the garage show because we played in my buddy's garage. But our last show we had twenty five hundred people uh, in Toronto. I was like sixteen, uh, so we sold out a place called the Opera House in Toronto. That was my last show. So and then I went to go play junior hockey. But okay, we played, what... probably, we played like ten, fifteen gigs. We opened for like bands like Bedouin Sound Clash and like we played universities and stuff. It was pretty cool. What instrument were you? What was your role I, in the band? I played the I played the bass. Okay, and did you guys write original music or do covers? Yeah. Yeah, we wrote a lot of original music. One of our last songs, actually, we uh, was an original we used to play, and we used to end with it. It was hype. People loved it, but it was about 50-50. We'd play about half of ours, and then we were playing, like, Zeppelin and Beatles covers and stuff like that. Oh, so you did some some classic rock then, like 60s yeah. and 70s stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, so what musician would you like to meet or even now interview, perhaps, that you do some broadcasting? Oh man, Dave Grohl, the uh, oh nice the, the singer of the Foo Fighters, um, drummer in Nirvana. Obviously, people know him as a musician, but he's been around the scene for like thirty years. The Foo's are one of my favorite rock bands, and he does it all, and just seems like a cool guy you can just sit down and have a chat with. So I'll say Dave Grohl. The, you should uh, check. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever told you this. Maybe you've seen my Twitter bio. I like Def Leppard. Well, I love Def Leppard actually. Yeah. So the two guys from Def Leppard were at the. Um, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, Hawkins, what's his first name? Uh, the Taylor. drummer, that, yeah. Taylor Hawkins, that passed away. A couple guys from Def Leppard did a couple songs with Dave Grohl, Miley Cyrus, a whole bunch of people yeah. at, the, at the tribute yeah. concert. So I like Def Leppard too, Reed, but I, it's funny. I'll never forget them as the band that 
uh, put the Stanley Cup upside down. Oh, I know, I know. I do remember that. I'll never forget that. I know one of their many claims to fame, I suppose. But uh, yeah. hey, when you do as many live shows as they've been doing for over forty years, you're going to screw up sometimes. That's what true, I true, true, man. True. I, I think the singer said after because it was the singer Joe Elliott that did it. I think he said because they're big, they're big soccer fans, and I believe the the bass player was a pretty high level uh, soccer player himself as a teen, and then chose to be in a band. But his, his excuse, whatever you want to call it, was that the English trophies usually are top heavy and have a small base so right. that's why he put it upside down but i'm kind of like yeah but there's kind of an obvious cup there so i don't know why why you put it on there yeah, I know. yes one of their not one of their finer moments for sure luke gazdick joining us tonight on inside sports well thanks for the you're gonna have to send me some of your music like we could play it coming back from commercial i know i know i wish i think we still have a cd in here i'm at my parents house right now i gotta find something for you or a picture i'll show you a picture or something you got you can tweet out did you like performing live i guess you only did it till you were 16 but and it was my favorite thing. Like we, yeah. whenever we had off days, like the weekends were spent. Um, for me, this is like kids are different these days. The weekends were spent for me. Like I would practice, and then we would all just meet up at my buddy's house, and we would just jam all day, all night, and make music and stuff. And then we would rent out these venues ourselves, and then go around to our respective high schools and sell them for you know set tickets for ten, fifteen bucks a piece, and then pay back the music venue, and then a little bit for ourselves. So we we arranged all this stuff. It was. It's like funnest part of my childhood. Right. Okay. L- Luke, hang on the line. Uh, talking music here with uh, with Luke Gazik. We are going to transition into the hockey stuff, uh, Luke. We're going to find out what you think about the World Juniors and, of course, the Edmonton Oilers about their 11-7. and seven. And I, I'm going to get into it here with Luke. I want to ask him about, because, you know, when Luke played, he didn't get to play every game. What does a scratched player do? while the game is going on and and after the game do you still feel like you're part of the team do you even want to feel like you're part of the team or are you just disappointed that you're not playing we'll get uh, into that with luke who as he was telling you had a musical career as a teenager had a band until he was uh, <laughs> until he was 16 which is pretty cool all right uh more with luke in a few minutes we're also going to talk to connor mcgahee later on tonight the play-by-play voice of the colorado avalanche he's always a blast to have on the show you can take part at 780-496-0063 we will have a, a little more time for open line later if you want to chime in or you can text immediately if you need to get something off your chest inside sports on 630 chat more gazdick after the news